DevPro Journal is an online publication built to assist B2B software developers in growing profitable, sustainable, and fulfilling businesses. Today's podcast is sponsored by DataCap Systems and Zebra Technologies. Hi, and welcome to the DevPro Journal podcast. I'm your host, Jay McCall, co-founder of DevPro Journal. Today, we'll be discussing a unique market opportunity for software developers in the cannabis market. Jim Roddy, CEO of the RSPA, is my guest. He's been educating business leaders for more than two decades and is recognized as one of the world's top retail influencers by Rethink Retail and as a leading Canatech influencer by the Canatech Group. So without further ado, Jim, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Jay. Great to be here. Always great to talk with you. We've been chatting since, when When did you start at uh, Jameson Publishing Business Solutions Magazine? What year was that? It was the year 2000, All July right. 31st, uh, 2000 to be specific. Yeah. So uh, hard to believe, over 22 years ago. <laughs> and uh, so I was there uh, for 13 years before kind of you know going on and starting my own thing is a freelance writer and then you know more recently um starting a dev pro journal and everything as a service journal uh with my co-founder mike monticello and i know you you were um there at jameson uh, a couple of years before me and uh there a little bit afterwards so um why don't you uh catch us up on uh, what you've been up to since then Sure. Yeah. So uh, the, the 1998 is when I ended my sports magazine, Sportsbook Magazine, and actually walked down the hallway uh, in old Ebco Park uh, there on the west side of Erie uh, and started getting into IT publishing. And I was with Jameson for 17 years before I went became, like you said, a VAR, ISV, and MSP uh, business coach. And then I've been uh, with the RSPA uh, full-time since 2019, started as uh, the marketing director. But like you said, the years prior to that, I was a volunteer. Uh, Mike Mike Monticello and I roomed together for a lot of RSPA events to, to be <laughs> cost side down uh, from a Jameson Publishing uh, standpoint. But this industry has certainly uh, taught me a lot. And I think you and I share something similar where, you know, we haven't been necessarily on the vendor side or the VAR side or the software developer side. We've been privy to be uh, in the middle and we get to hear all that cross chatter uh, among uh, those constituencies. And so uh, that's kind of the perspective that I've been able uh, to bring, you know, to the RSPA and uh, hopefully here today, you know, speaking through what those folks have uh, have taught me over the years. Yeah, excellent. Hey, you know, and um, let's just uh, jump right into it. You know, today's topic is, you know, one that's... Um, you know, there's a lot of buzz around it. Also, a little bit of controversy, but um, I know that it's it's a topic that I've seen and heard you speak about, and I think it's an important one, especially you know for our you know, software uh, developer community to um, to be thinking about, and um, you know, interested and anxious to hear your thoughts and, and uh, tips. So we're going to be talking today uh, about opportunities in the uh, cannabis market, and. Um, you know, sp specifically, you know, so we're going to be uh, thinking about this could be for our listeners who are said are, you know, either ISVs or, you know, and you actually use a term uh, at a recent event I heard you speak at DISDs. Tell me a little bit about that, too. So I think mean, they're definitely part of our audience, but I guess we haven't really uh, 
made the distinction uh, so much in our publication. Sure. So we've made that distinction inside of the RSPA. And so folks who don't know the RSPA, we have, uh, we're North America's largest community of technology solution providers serving retail, restaurant, grocery, and the cannabis uh, vertical markets. And the way that folks have always looked at it, and I just kind of spelled it out there, you had VARs, you had ISVs, and you had vendors, and the vendors included payment processors and distributors and hardware people and, and things like that. But it was hard. We were saying ISV for software developer, but then we realized we really had to break that down a few different ways. So one is what we call a hybrid ISV VAR, and that's a lot of resellers who have then started adding software to what they do. We consider an ISV a software developer who has a channel, right? And they so they sell through the channel. But the DISD is something that we've seen where we don't see necessarily whole bunch of new uh, companies coming to the market and they say, I'm a reseller of blank. Typically what they are is they have their own software and then they almost, I want to say regret regrettably, like, I guess I have to put this on something. And so here's all the peripherals and everything I'm going to put it on. And then they're going bundling that and reselling it, but they don't call themselves resellers. So we call them direct independent software developers. They are software companies first, but they're acting very much like a reseller. But unlike an ISV, they do not have their own channel. And so the folks like that who have entered into the uh, RSPA space, they tend to be smaller. They tend to be startups. They been to, tend to be super, super niche oriented. And they're also very much open to working with other software developers to then go to market and provide uh, a full bundle. So a lot of times ISVs are, we provide POS software to restaurants. Uh, a DISD, a lot of them are either really niche. We're providing software to only wash, dry, fold laundromats, right? Something really niche in that regard, or they're a loyalty application or, you know, some sort of online ordering or online reservations or things of that nature. So they're a slice of it, and then they fit in with the total solution that way. So that's, again, DISD, Direct Independent Software Developers. I bet a lot of your listeners are going, I've never called myself that, but that's what I am. Right. You know, and that's always been, you know, uh, you know one of the challenges, you know, so even, you know, going back to, you know, our, our years time in the publication, you know, business solutions magazine. So, uh, talking about value out of resellers. So VARs, managed services, providers, MSPs, integrators, you know, a lot of times, and a lot of times you find out that, you know, kind of the terms we would use internally for these companies, they might not identify that way themselves, or they might be a little bit of each one. So I guess it always it is good to define our terms and, um, just to start things off. Sure. So kind of, you know, segueing into, you know, the, uh, uh, cannabis space here. How, let's start off with a, a kind of a higher level question. How big of an opportunity uh, do you see is in the cannabis market uh, for ISVs or DISDs, as it were? So I'll say the answer that I'm going to give you isn't what you would find online where it's like, you know, uh, 52 billion or 24 billion, like throwing out all sorts of numbers because who really knows, you know, what the exact number is going to be like two yeah. years from now, five years from now, 10 years from now. But all I can say is from an opportunity standpoint, it is massive. Now it's massive on the revenue side, right? In terms of the legal cannabis market is just growing significantly every year as more states adopt cannabis, either just from a medical standpoint or they're moving towards recreational. So those states, speaking from a U.S. perspective, who have made cannabis legal, either medical or recreational, they're not going back. I mean, it would I, it'd be really difficult to see how once you give uh, people some freedoms, it's really hard to 
to ratchet those back and, and isn't popular. So you can just see the chance from a market standpoint, the opportunity is huge. But I would also say there are massive headaches entering this market as well because yeah. it's right now not federally legal, right? The Biden administration just went through some things in terms of, you know, decriminalizing or making it not a, you know, schedule one or, or whatever the uh, the exact term is for that. So federal has lowered uh, some of the, the obstacles in there, but it's still not federally legal. It's state by state is what all the rules and regulations are. And they vary from whatever state it's in, if it is even legal in that way. So you can imagine from a software developer standpoint, you know, it's hard enough to develop a software that everyone's going to be able to use. Use. But imagine if you had to take your software right now and adapt it for every state that you operate in, right? And yeah. even if that was only three states, right, that would be really, really difficult uh, to keep up with. So that's where I'd say there's a big revenue opportunity. I think a lot of people see those top line numbers. And actually, I'm in an email string right now uh, with somebody who's a software developer who's looking to get into this. And they're like, I don't know, because this isn't something that I can just like do with my left hand or an adjacent market. If you're going to yeah. get into this market, you have to invest like you are a startup, right? You're putting your blood, sweat and tears. You're putting a lot of money, resources. You have to have some person or persons behind it. It's not something you say you're going to do. You know, as one of our uh, resellers said, you can't be like, I'm going to deal in restaurants on Monday and cannabis on Tuesday, right? You've got to have some segment of your organization that really focuses on it. If the opportunity is right for you, again, there's a big pot of gold, no pun intended saying pot, but there is a big <laughs> pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, but nobody knows if that rainbow is two years away or 20 years away uh, from a United States perspective. Yeah, good points here. I'm wondering too, like, do you have a sense, you know, there's so many different aspects of selling into this space. You know, you, you think of like, you know, where it all starts with the farming or manufacturing part, then you have the supply chain and you know logistics of it and then at the end the retail so you know of those different you know facets of in this market do you think there's any one particular that um software developers software companies should be focusing on yeah, I'd say they're all great opportunities. There's not one segment of that where it's slow, right? Because the the uh, market is getting so much bigger every single year. Every aspect of it uh, is expanding. And the way that folks look at this space is they look at it in three segments. There's grow, there's manufacture, and then there's the sell, the dispensary uh, standpoint. So where we, from an RSPA standpoint, we tend to focus more on the dispensary because we are the retail solution providers uh, association, sure. but and, and managed services providers tend to play more in the growth sector because they're more of the agricultural uh, MSPs is, is what they are. Um, but what we're seeing is um, that they want, they need to make sure that they have a quality product they need to make sure that they're in line with regulations, right? In some of the other industries that I mentioned, like for retail and restaurant, there are some regulations there, but you know, the regulations on a coffee shop are way, way less than on a cannabis dispensary. So for example, you have to track, you know, from seed to sale. And so technologies involved all the way, where did this, you know, plant or bud come from? And then how did it get manufactured? How's it being distributed? Um, you know, how's it being sold and things of that nature. You do not have to track bean to sale for a coffee shop, right? <laughs> like, you know, or where did that, uh, you know, uh, apple fritter come from? Like they do not need to track to that degree. So there's so much opportunity because technology is what's going to um, uh, partner with that. So, um, and that's what we're seeing is, so there's technical, there's technology that can be used 
used at every level. But what I can speak specifically from a retail standpoint is, again, you have to track and trace all those products. And then also, um, it's really difficult because it's so competitive. You don't want to turn over employees to go to another dispensary or leave for another industry because you need so much expertise in there. And in a lot of these states, um, there's all sorts of dispensaries that are popping up all over the place. And you want to make sure you don't have customer turnover um, as well. And so that's where we see an opportunity for technology. We also see an opportunity for partnerships as well, because I'm guessing there are folks listening to this right now and they're saying, well, I'm really good in this niche application, but I really don't know the cannabis space. I'm not going to be able to figure out all those laws and regulations on my own. But believe me, there are plenty of folks who are full-time fully applied with that. If you're able to go to market with them, then they could really advance and kind of shortcut uh, your ability to get into this space. But if you think you're going to go from zero to being a full-blown cannabis expert, that is going to take a long, long time, and it's going to be something you need to keep up on. So that's where we see a big opportunity in every one of those sectors, but especially if you offer something that could enhance their solution, and you can partner with somebody who really knows about the cannabis space, all the ins and outs of the regulations, that is a way to kind of fast track. But again, I'm putting quotes around fast. It's not like snap your fingers, but that is a, a faster way to go to market than try to build it from the ground up. Yeah, it makes sense. You know, I just had this kind of side thought, you know, like you said, a lot of the, uh, you know, traditional verticals that someone might uh, be selling into, it just doesn't seem to be a lot of, um, you know, overlap, with the exception of wondering, like, if someone has uh, experience in like pharmaceutical sales, you know, that that would be an area where you think, you know, they have the, uh, where they want to trace something back from uh, the time it's created to uh, where it's actually you know going to the patient, I guess, inside the customer. But do you find that in um, with cannabis that you know software companies that have experience in pharmaceuticals do they have a little bit of an advantage perhaps? Uh, so I would say a little bit of an advantage, but not a significant advantage because what's going on in the cannabis space they have such a microscope on them and such a laser focus that even, and this is what sounds so weird, like even the regulations related to opioids and everything, which are far more dangerous than marijuana and cannabis ever could be, but there's way more focus on the cannabis space and way more, you know, uh, loops you have to go through and, and or hoops you have to go through and and everything like that. So, but I will say, you know, uh, again, if you're talking about as adjacent as you can get, uh, pharmacy pharmacy would be one. Another one would be uh, liquor as well, because that is regulated and you can't just you know sell it to anybody, right? There's all sorts of uh, age requirements and and things of that nature. And so that's kind of what we've seen. Now we have a lot of uh, liquor store alcohol uh, related uh, bar and restaurant uh, um, ISVs inside of the RSPA space, they can relate to it, but it's not like they can just pivot on a dime and say, oh, I'll apply exactly what I've learned here. They're a little bit closer, but it's still not like a, a half step away. There's still quite a ways to go in order to get expertise uh, to be a cannabis uh, ISV. Interesting. So I guess it just you know, further highlights the really the need to have uh, partnerships if you're going to uh, be successful in this and not have to you know, reinvent the wheel yourself and take the long uh, haul to not it, a right? go it alone market by any means. Yeah. So, you know, um, you know, you've already touched on, I think what sounds like some of the top challenges of this market, what, what are some of the other big ones that, you know, software developers should be aware of, you know, before making a decision to, uh, commit, uh, to, um, developing software for this market? 
Yeah, I think we've touched on a lot of them, but I, I can even drill down like, number one, it's federally illegal, right? Like, that's almost funny to be talking <laughs> about that. Like, um, yeah, the MJ BizCon uh, event. So um, that is the largest marijuana business uh, conference. And so I went there for the first time last year. They were celebrating their 10th year and they were saying how great it is now to actually have a conference that they can freely go about their business because it's legal in Nevada. They said like the first time they ever did an MJ BizCon, they're kind of like looking around the room, waiting to see if someone's going to come through and bust everybody. They're like, is this real? Is this a sting operation? So, you know, while it is, it's not like there's all sorts of prosecutions going on from a federal standpoint, it is still federally illegal. And so that results in, you know, from a banking standpoint, you can't, you know, do a lot of normal things from a banking standpoint. So again, if you're going to get into this market, it's not just choosing on your own. Oh, I'm going to start serving lawyers or I'm going to start serving restaurants. You've got to make sure you have a good attorney who's going to say, okay, here's how you need to handle the funds from this and how you present it and things of that nature because it is federally illegal. Then in the states that are operating this way, we talked about the regulations. And so there's a, there's a high amount of regulations. They're always changing. Um, and so it's not like, oh, I've got them. I figured it out. I know what to do because the next week it, it can always change. And there's um, a lot of push and pull that's going on uh, with it as well, where there are a lot of legislatures that are positioning and posturing that they don't want this to happen because a big part of it is the pharmaceutical, um, you know, uh, those special interest groups, they're funding a lot of these elected officials and they don't want uh, folks to turn to, uh, you know, cannabis as a cheaper alternative. And so just when you think something is making progress, it can go and get dialed back um, all the way. I will say at MJ BizCon, it was interesting. I got to go to four panels. There were four people on each panel. 15 out of the 16 people were attorneys. Like that's all that it was, wow. was all sorts of attorneys on there talking about. And it was interesting because an attorney for Oklahoma, they'd say, what about this in Texas? And he'd go, I don't know. Like that's, it's totally different, you know, in terms of where their different stages are. So, but even with all those challenges, it's a long game right? If you're going to have, you know, success and, and sustain profitability. But I would say get involved now to some degree, just because the opportunity is so massive. I don't mean, to, you know, when I said get, get engaged, I don't mean suddenly have to, uh, you know, designate all those, um, you know, resources we talked about earlier, but at the very least start gaining some knowledge. So you have some working involvement, like what we have inside of the RSPA, we broke out a special group called the RSPA Cannabis Community. We get together online every six or eight weeks, and we just kind of talk to each other about what are you hearing, what are you seeing, uh, when you talk to dispensary owners, what feedback are they giving you, what's working, what's not working from a, a technology standpoint. Again, we have VARs, we have ISVs, we have vendors, um, payment companies are even on that call as well. So just building up your knowledge base is helpful. And if there are any local groups that you have that you can get involved in just to get to know them, that's going to help as well. Because when this gets federally legal, if you start then, everybody's going to be starting at that point. It's just going to be, you know, 10 people trying to run through some one door and they're all going to get uh, crammed in there. So if this is something that you want to do, at least start doing the research now. Sure. And how about like to kind of, you know, tie in with the, um, you know, the topic of uh, challenges, what are some of the, I guess, pitfalls do you think that, you know, ISV software developer companies should make sure to avoid right now, especially? Yeah. So one is don't do the vertical market hokey pokey, right? You can't do, I'm going to try this and then I'm going to stop and then I'm going to try again. And I'm going to stop, right? You cannot make a pedestrian attempt if you decide to go into 
this market. And so that's, I'd say, a big pitfall is trying to treat this like another vertical that it is that you think I'm not going to have to give a lot of energy or maybe I'll give a little more than that last vertical market that I get into. You have to make sure that you're um, you know, really putting your back into it and putting some resources behind it when you decide uh, to go to it. The other pitfall I'd say is along those lines, and this might be you know, counterintuitive based on what I just said, but committing too many resources too early if you can't handle it. Right. If you say I'm going to go sell this system to a cannabis, you know, dispensary, you better be ready to work with them and understand the regulations and be able to to jump through it. Again, this isn't, uh, you know, the kind of market you can just print up a flyer and, and rock and roll uh, from there. But you got to make sure, you know, I you know, I told you I was a VAR and ISV business coach for years. I always kind of joked, what well, all comes down to the carpenter's aphorism, measure twice, cut once, right? Like that's kind of the foundation <laughs> of everything. So make sure for this, you're measuring, measuring, measuring. Is this the right market for me? And is now the right time for me to go after it? Don't just jump right into, you know what, if I you know, pass markets, I just, you know, elbow grease and I put extra time in and, you know, spit and vinegar and I'm going to make this happen. That does not necessarily work. Uh, in this space. So again, make sure if you're going to get into it, you give the right amount of resources. But before you commit those resources, make sure you can handle all the complexities and all the time consuming, uh, you know, uh, tasks that this market's going to present. Well, you know, I, I have to be honest, you know, a lot of times when I you know, think about either new verticals or new technologies, I try to put myself in the position of person that would be providing a solution or you know, selling a software to it. And I, I feel like it gives me a sense of, wow, I'm kind of envious that, of this opportunity. I really feel like on the fence with this topic. I'm, I'm wondering. <laughs> so let me put it back to you. If, if you were starting a software development company today, uh, would you target the cannabis space right now? Yeah, it is kind of interesting. Like you, when you really dive in and talk to the VARs and ISVs in this space, you don't walk away like that seems grand. It seems like fun, right? Like when you watch cupcake challenge on TV, you're like, it would be fun to operate a cupcake place, <laughs> right? But you, once you really get into this from a cannabis standpoint, you're like, oh my gosh. And so here's what I would say is I don't think like in general, um, this isn't a market that everybody should get into because it depends on what state you're in, right? First of all, it depends on the current markets that you serve right now. Is this a giant leap away from those or are you going to be able to, to handle it? Do you have the long-term view or are you a little bit more impatient that you want to be able to, you know, get that quick uh, payback? So it depends on, you know, in terms of what you want to do and, and, you know, how much time you want to invest in it and how risk averse you are. The thing that I will say is, so do more research to make that determination if it's the right fit for you or not. But with these great challenges, there are great rewards, right? We have several folks inside of the RSP cannabis community who are thrilled that they're in this market because of the niche that they have carved out uh, for them. And you and I know, you remember, we worked at Jameson Publishing together. Rule number one for growing a business was ride a burgeon. And so even though burgeon <laughs> isn't a noun, right? Burgeoning market. Yeah. But that's the big thing is, right? And I remember the, I think the example that uh, the Peterson brothers would use is 
the salt and pepper shaker market, right? The number of salt and pepper shakers being produced today is going to be right about the same as there are five years from now, 10 years from now. But the amount of cannabis being sold legally today compared to five years and 10 years from now, it's going to be multiples of that. So the amount of revenue in there, like it is as burgeoning a market as I've ever seen from a burgeoning market. So I, that's what I guess I would say, like if push comes to shove, you'd rather latch onto a burgeoning market that you could quite frankly not have to operate in, in terms of as being a genius. But if that market has just taken off, that can be a real opportunity for you. So again, you got to know your business better, but in the grand scheme of things, it seems like from a cannabis standpoint, it's definitely worth uh, investigating. And if it is something that could fit in your business, you're going to regret it if you didn't get involved and you might have had an opportunity to, to take advantage of it. All right. That makes me feel like more likely that I want to get into this market now. So why don't we, you know, um, first of all, is there, you know, any, any other advice or tips that, you know, you haven't covered yet that you'd like to kind of, you know, uh, wrap things up with? And then after that, I'd like to kind of get into some practical next steps or where, you know, the, uh, our listeners can uh, start getting better education and to kind of be ready when the opportunity uh, exists for them to um, make a bigger move into this market. Yeah. So I'd say if you are going to get into this market, hold on tight, wear a cup, put on a helmet, right? Make sure, you know, it's, it's strapped on uh, really tight. You know, we've talked about, cause you and I have been around, you know, the VAR and ISV channel for, I guess we just established now, nearly quarter of a century. Um, and I've always likened it to running any of these kind of businesses. You never feel like you're in the backseat of a luxury vehicle, just relaxing and the seat is warming or cooling and you're in a cocoon, right? It never, ever feels that way. At best, it feels like you're in the back of a pickup truck and you're always getting jostled around to some degree. I said the cannabis market, you were not in that pickup truck. You were holding on with a rope behind it. And it's like, oh my gosh, like you're dying to try to crawl into that pickup truck. And this thing just keeps moving faster and faster and faster. So I'd say that is one is hold on tight. The other thing is, quite frankly, the only way that this market is going to become a big windfall for folks and, you know, actually fall down the road uh, to, to continue be strong and be less of a headache is if we elect candidates who support the cannabis market, right? It's really interesting. You'd never see anybody campaigning against the cannabis market or for, or for against the coffee bean market <laughs> or for the coffee bean market. But you're in Pennsylvania, right? And one of the candidates there, John Fetterman, he runs on workers, wages, and weed, right? Like that's really interesting that somebody would say that nowadays, but that's really what it comes down to is, you know, people say, oh, I don't want to mix politics with business, but this is a real thing of the politics of this are going to steer how soon the cannabis market becomes profitable for ISVs, technology resellers, and really uh, everybody wants to get uh, involved with it. Again, so sorry to get political, but here we are because we're talking about laws and rules and regulations. Yeah, absolutely. Right. I mean, so I guess that's that's a great tip to keep up to date with what's going on um, with cannabis politically, because that's ultimately going to... Um, really kind of signal where, where the opportunities are, right? A, a, and, a great um, source for that is a, a partner of the RSPA. They're called NORML, N-O-R-M-L, National Organization for the Reform of Marijuana Laws. If you go to NORML, N-O-R-M-L dot org, uh, they have a space on there that you can check each state and what the changes are, and they keep up to date. They're really, really good about that. So again, this is part of that partnership thing. You don't have to do Google searches on it. NORML is a great mm -hmm. opportunity for that. Oh, great. I'll, I'll definitely include that in our show notes. And so excellent. Any other resource? I'm guessing, you know, RSPA, uh, like you mentioned, this is a 
pretty big focus for yours. Um, you know, like specifically on your site or in, in your offerings. I mean, talk about some of the, the uh, educational uh, resources that you have available. Yeah, so the RSP Cannabis Community, I said that's a group that meets, you know, every six to eight weeks. Also, what we do during the meeting is we take a lot of notes and then we go and send those out because we know people are busy and they can't always make the meetings. That's why I always tell folks, if you have any, you know, you want to gain the knowledge as an RSP member, you can sign up to be on the cannabis community. You don't even have to show up for the meetings and we'll serve up content to you uh, on a regular basis. We've also spun off that community. We have a reception every year um, at our uh, annual summer trade show, Retail Now. And so that gives folks an opportunity to get together and meet uh, in person. We also had at Retail Now a uh, cannabis education track that had four breakout sessions, not just focusing on the market in general, but getting really into the nitty gritty of how this applies to the retail IT space. Like we had a breakout session simply about cashless ATMs and that technology inside uh, of dispensaries, you know, how comfortable people with it, the legality, all those different things of it. So we really niche it down. And part of the reason I bring up those resources, and there, you can also go to like MJ BizCon, which is a big trade show, but that trade show, Jay, is so massive. You'll go walking around there and you'll be like, what is that hydraulic thing? What is that greenhouse? Is that dude selling bongs? Like what in the world is going on here? And you almost have to find the IT related, you know, it's like needle in a haystack there. And that's part of what we do at the RSPA. We kind of get rid of all the hay and it's a whole bunch of needles there in terms <laughs> of, you know, from an IT standpoint that folks don't have to search through it. So again, it's an interesting show to go to, but I guarantee if you're not braced for it, it's incredibly overwhelming because there's, you know, hundreds and hundreds of booths covering every aspect of the space. Yeah. Makes sense. Well, fantastic, Jim. I really appreciate uh, your time here today. I'll, I'll be sure to, you know, include uh, these resources in, in our notes and, um, Hey, why don't I just give you the final word, anything you want to, um, you know, leave our listeners with today. Sure. And I'd say this is something that we found out inside of the RSPA, the successful VARs, the successful ISVs, anybody in the technology space, they're the folks who are high initiative. They're the folks who they try, right? They try and test new things. And we always say, try, test, measure, adapt, right? And then go back and try it again, test it again, measure it again, adapt again. If you keep doing that, if you keep iterating as an organization, then you're going to be able to move forward. So it's almost like never get too comfortable with where you are. Stay true to what you do and your core values and your core principles, what makes you successful, but always have a couple things on the side in terms of uh, new initiatives that can really move your business forward. So again, try, test, measure, and adapt. Wow, those sound like tips that uh, might appear in that book uh, behind you <laughs> on the uh, top shelf, but uh, we'll uh, include a link to that as well. Uh, hey, thanks again so much, Jim. I really enjoy our conversation and uh, hope to catch up with you again real soon. Always a pleasure, Jay. Thanks for having me. Good to talk to you. Thanks to our listeners for joining us. As a reminder, DevPro Journal is an online publication built to assist B2B software developers in growing profitable, sustainable, and fulfilling businesses. To read more information on this topic and many others, visit devprojournal.com. Finally, I'd like to thank today's sponsors, Datacap Systems and Zebra Technologies. <laughs>